All right. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for um, the changing of the seasons. I thank you for bringing us beautiful weather, God. I thank you for the way that you refresh our souls and um, just the conversations that we're able to catch up, Lord, after um, missing some time together, God. I just pray that you would speak to us through your word and that you would um, soften our hearts and that you would speak to us today, Lord. I thank you that I can ask you to get me out of the way, God. And that you would just speak to our hearts and encourage us. Amen. So our, our key passage for today is from um, Psalm 95. So I just want to start by reading that to you guys. And if you, um, if you listen better by reading, feel free to look up at the screen and read it with me. If you listen better by just maybe closing out the world and your distractions and just close your eyes and listen to my voice, that's fine too. I just want us to, to soak up this chapter first before we dig in. It says, this is Psalm 95, it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test, and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And so as we, as we read that passage, our key verse being um, that verse 7 and 8 that talks about us being the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand, I want to just um, tell you that today we're going to jump around a lot, and I want to show us... Um, just some context for this passage because I believe it gives us um, such a, a richer picture of what David was writing about. And so if we um, first jump back to 1 Samuel 16, that gives us the win of this passage. Um, growing up, I knew, um, obviously, we hear all the time that Psalms is written by David and we think of him as king. And I immediately jumped to that picture of him as king writing these words. And I don't realize that he wasn't always king. There were a lot of years before he was king. Um, and it's interesting to note that, um, that people believe that this Psalm 95 was written before David was pronounced king. Um, he had already been anointed by Samuel. And that was a secret still. And he was working under King Saul during this time. Um, and so if we go to 1 Samuel 16. Let me turn there myself real quick. Um, we find that King Saul is being um, oppressed by an evil spirit. And some of his advisors say, well, we've heard of this guy named David that plays um, the lyre really well, and you should hire him to come here, and he can sing over you when that spirit comes upon you and is bothering you and oppressing you. And so he hires um, David to come play, and when David plays, the harmful spirit um, would leave Saul. And so um, in the scripture, it actually says that, um, let's see, sorry, chapter 16, um, 
verse 14 says that the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David whenever he was anointed. And so I just had to imagine that it's possible that this Psalm 95 that we just read, um, this reminder about hardening your hearts, it's possible that this is one of the songs he sang to King, to King Saul when he was in his service. So I just thought that was interesting um, that in his pre-King 20-something self, he's writing these words um, while he's still waiting on God to bring him to that place of, hey, I've been told I'm going to be the next king, and I'm not there yet. And God was walking him through that. But it's interesting, too, that um, the reminder is that he is our God, um, and we are the people of his pasture. And he mentions, do not harden your hearts. And so he mentions these two places. If you could go to the next slide. Yeah, right there. Um, he mentions Meribah and Massa. And so if you look that up in scripture, that takes us to our next passage that I want to jump us to back in Exodus. So what David is recalling in his psalm is just after the Israelites are set free from the hands of Egypt um, and they're given the manna, they start complaining. And we all know those that story of they're complaining to Moses about not having food, and then they complain about not having meat, and then doves start falling from the sky out of nowhere. And then they complain about not having water, and Moses strikes a rock, and there's water. And um, if you look at those words, the word Massa actually means testing, and the word Meribah means quarreling. So to put that back in our, in our context of our verse that David wrote in the psalm, he said, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your parents did in Meribah and Massa. So let's spend a little bit of time here. I have a few verses that I just pulled out of those Exodus chapters. Um, what God was looking for in Exodus is what he's looking for from us. Um, he was seeking their belief and their obedience and their trust. After all that he's done for them, they're still questioning his plan for them. And we'll see that in here as what David described and what is described in Exodus as a hardening of the heart. And a lot of times I don't, even when I was spending a lot of time in these, in these scriptures, I didn't see in myself this passage. I thought, well, I don't have a hard heart, you know, and I'll, I'll share with you more later. Um, the Lord will build it. Thank you. Um, but, uh, Exodus 16, 4, it's up there on the screen. Um, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And so that just got me thinking about um, how the Lord chose to provide for them was in a daily way. He had them come to them every day, and there was always enough for what they needed for that day. And... Um, that correlates a lot in our life. Sometimes we're looking for the provision for the future. And God's like, I'm not going to give you what you need 10 days from now. Because I want you to come to me every morning. I want you to come to me every day. Um, and I want you to obey me every day. Later in uh, Exodus 16 it says, so that you can know that I'm the Lord. And that that's his whole purpose in this um, in this testing and trial for the Israelites and even with um, King David waiting his kingship, it was so that he could know that God was his God. It wasn't just the God of his parents, um, but it was his God. Um, later in Exodus um, 17, it says the people are asking their question to the Lord and you can kind of see um, 
how this would correlate to a hardening of the heart. It says, but the people asked, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So they immediately question God's character. They question his love and they question his plan. I mean, we remember the story of, of Egypt and they had just lived that story of being released from oppression. And yet here they are just a few days out, a few years out from that already questioning. So I would just challenge us to think of, of those times of God's faithfulness and, and see where can we place God's name on, on things in our past, those markers in our past, so that when he asks us to live in that daily trust, um, that our hearts can be there. Um, and I thought it was interesting, too, that Meribah and Massa were named um, by Moses because um, that verse, is it up there? Yeah, that very bottom verse. Um, the people's question was, is the Lord among us or not? And I think that's the heart of hardening of heart, <laughs> if I can put it that way. If we're hardening our hearts, um, it's because deep down that's the question. Is God with me or not? And I think that can um, stir in us some emotion, but it can also stir in us um, the challenge to recall, um, like David was saying in the Psalms, that we choose not to harden our hearts as our parents did in the wilderness, that we don't put God to the test, though we've seen his work, that we remind ourselves of his faithfulness, and that we remind our children of his faithfulness. Um, so as I was thinking about that, um, when I see God's power, just like the Israelites did daily, getting the manna, does my heart question his motive? Does my heart question um, if his presence is truly with me? Um, and I think sometimes with our daily struggles, we can, we can be blinded by that and we can um, kind of strive against that um, pressure to live daily with him and we can want more manna. <laughs> You know, I want it, I want the week's worth, please, <laughs> so that I don't have to come back every morning um, in need. Um, I know we're running low on time, but I did just want to read you guys um, some thoughts as I was thinking about this passage. Um, so as I prepared for this week, I was kind of blindsided by the Lord because I was asking him, why was I in this passage? Um, like, if y'all got nothing out of this morning, why did God send me to this passage of Psalm 95? And then, um, pretty clearly in the morning at 4.30 a.m. when my three-year-old started screaming <laughs> um, for milk, <laughs> I hear my husband go stomp, stomp, stomp down the hall, and he's getting it so that I don't have to. So at least this time it wasn't me stomping down the hall at 4.30 to get him some milk. Um, I felt like the Lord was saying, it's you, Kenan. It's your hardening of the heart. Um, it's your unbelief, but your hardening of heart starts with your symptom of unrighteous anger. Just like the Israelites that were unrightfully angry at God for just manna and for wanting meat and for wishing for the days of Egypt, I harden my heart in daily ways too. I harden my heart when I let, instead of letting things refine me and make me more like Christ, I let them grate on me, I let them bother me, I let them anger me, and I let them turn me inward. And so it got me thinking immediately about just um, old people in nursing homes that I visited and stuff. And there's, there's just such a dichotomy of um, personality, right? If you've ever been around old people, there's some that are just so sweet. And they just have such a good outlook. And you just love, you're refreshed by being around them. And you're like, I want to be that way when I'm old. I want to be spunky and fun. And then there's the opposite. There's others that just feel like 
everything's offensive and everybody's out to get them or do them wrong or and it's just kind of unpleasant um but i think as a christian it's it's worse because instead of the things of life refining them to make them like christ um they've chosen at some point to let that harden their hearts um towards everyone and everything and it just reminds me of the verse that love keeps no record of wrong and love covers an offense and I harden my heart in daily ways too. I harden my heart when I don't serve my little people with gladness. Like the verse that says, serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> and instead I turn inward and I take it as an offense. One day being less than three feet tall should ask me for a cup of milk from the cupboard. The audacity that they would ask me, their mom, to supply their need. Like, why does that aggravate me? It's because I'm letting my heart get hard. I harden my heart when I don't treat my husband as a partner and a teammate, but as an opponent that needs to be outscored. Confession. <laughs> I harden my heart when I don't soften to things and to people around me. <clears throat> and instead I turn inward and focus on the task in front of me and whatever task that is, I'm later going to complain it as that's belittling. And I harden my heart when I feel the Lord asking me to turn off the screen and turn to his word and seek real rest for my soul. Because I think as moms, it's so easy to live the day waiting for when everybody's in bed and we can turn on the TV and eat what we want and nobody's going to ask to share. Like, some days you do need that. But some days, I think, if we're, if we're feeling that tug to turn to the Lord or to turn to something else and we ignore it, that's a moment when today we've chosen to harden our hearts instead of listen to him in his whisper. And so I think that's the, um, one of the key questions is that, and it points that same verse out again is quoted in Hebrews. And in Hebrews, the author points out the word today. And it, it just really, it reminds us that it's not a one-time decision to harden our hearts. He gives us that choice every day. So today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So we have the opportunity um, in small things, because not every day is a big decision. Not every day is a, do I take this job or do I move this to this place? Or, you know, not every day is a big sin choice of, do I do, you know, do I commit this crime or not? And not every day is that way. It's today, do not harden your heart. So whatever decisions he places before you today, whatever um, whispers that you hear today from the Lord, um, reminders of his word, um, just remember that that you have that choice today to harden or soften. Um, and I think what's so neat about this is it's not just a, a slap on the wrist to not harden our hearts. He reminds us at the first part of that verse, remember whose you are. You are his people. You're the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So I just want to challenge us and, and encourage us, hopefully, to um, just remember whose you are. And who you belong to. Um, that in Christ we belong to an amazing shepherd. And he's not out there to whack you with his rod. He uses that rod to guide you. And to get you in the right direction. To keep you safe. Keep you from falling off a cliff. And to lead you to water. And to lead you to green pastures. So um, I hope we didn't jump around too much. I know I do that all the time. I feel like I'm just like not making sense. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys that... Um, 
to look for where where are you hardening in your heart and and look for those moments where God may use you to be the one that's soft first and then that will lead to those around you um, experiencing him as well so as we close with our discussion questions um, let me just pray over us real quick sweet Jesus thank you um, Thank you that you use imperfect people and that you um, want to use these ladies, God, that you want us to soften our hearts and to listen to your voice and that it's not always the big things and the exciting things that we get to be proud that we obeyed in, um, but it's those little choices, God, the little choices that we don't let things, we choose to not let things annoy us and we choose to let things go. And we don't let things grate on us, Father, but we choose to, to be more like you because we know that we belong to you. And we know that your sheep hear your voice. We thank you for speaking us, to us in your word. And thank you for Sarah and bringing her here. God, I pray that you would just bless her and that you would use her, um, use a, use her to make us more like you. In Jesus' name.